Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, I'm Talia Bacassis. And I'm Kim France. And welcome to Everything is Fine, a podcast for women over 40. So we're here today with Samantha Irby, the creator of the blog Bitches Gotta Eat, and also the author of several books, like most recently, Wow, No Thank You, which has been in all the top slots of the indie bestsellers and the New York Times paperback nonfiction list for the past many weeks, which is pretty amazing. Congrats. Thank you. Uh, Welcome, Samantha. Thank you for having me. So I feel like your book, which was written before we all went into lockdown, is pretty much an ode to life in lockdown. Yes. Um, Because you love staying home. You love going to bed early. You love scrolling your phone in your comfy clothes. (laughs) (laughs) So how are you finding like lockdown, shelter in place, the whole thing? I am actually doing um, okay. I do feel bad for people who enjoy the outdoors. I mean, I have empathy, so I understand that like it's tough for other people to be inside. But for me, this is like, you know, I wish it it wasn't because people were sick, but this is like a dream come true for me. (laughs) (laughs) I love any excuse to just be home with no need to like put on real pants and let people see what I actually look like. Like, I love that. I have been waiting, but now I think it's time for me to get a caftan. Ooh, I love a caftan. It's still like a little cold in Michigan. And our house, we lived in, we live in like this drafty old farmhouse. So our house is pretty chilly. But yeah, when it's like full on summer, I will be switching over to caftans full-time now where where do you find your best caftans because i'm a big caftan lover so there's okay there's two places one i heard about from carmen maria machado who's a writer yeah and caftan aficionado it's this etsy shop called cherry blossom dress Mm. and then 
My favorite favorite um, are by Whitney Miro. She has a line called Onion by Whitney Miro, and her clothes are incredible. They're like the perfect, like drapey, you know, flowy, swooshy, but like the materials like heavy and things come right to the floor, which I appreciate. I don't want to like ankle bearing kind of situation ever. I like for my clothes to drag along the ground. Um, And so Whitney Miro's like onion line is, I have probably like seven or eight things from there and they're all perfect. Wow. She's the best. I'm scared of doing too much Mrs. Roper. Oh, you can't think that way about a, a caftan though. Yeah, you just have to think about, oh my God, my body feels like so loose and breezy and easy. You can't think about like anything other than how good you feel. I think about like Talitha Getty in Morocco. Ooh, right. That's a better reference. Yeah. (laughs) That's where I like to go with it. Fair, fair. Mm -hmm. Well, I didn't think we were going to talk fashion right away or ever necessarily, (laughs) but since we're on the topic... Since we're on the topic, your glasses game is very strong, I've noticed, in all the photos of you. Oh, thank you. I I mean, I started wearing glasses when I was, like, nine and didn't have any control over the kinds I would be forced to wear. So as soon as, like, I was an adult and had a job where I made enough money to get cool glasses, I immediately was like, well... Since these have to be on my face all the time, like I can't, my sunglasses are prescription, like I cannot be out in the world or even, I mean, I can walk from like the bedroom to the bathroom, but anything other than that, (laughs) I I need to have prescription glasses on. And now I have progressive, so I like for real need to wear them all the time. Um, So it's like if they're going to be on my face all the time, then they're going to be cool. You can see me today and I'm not wearing like my coolest ones, but even these are pretty cool. They're really cool. They're like a tortoise shell, like a like a much more speckly tortoise shell than usual. Good yeah. shape, like a kind of cat eye still at the top. So yeah. Good. People get scared of wearing funky glasses, but they shouldn't be. It's like it's very liberating. And you can like telegraph to people like I'm a cool person. <laughs> See, I'm afraid if I get too interesting in my eyewear that I'm going to be like funky architect. No, that's true. But like, is that bad? (laughs) See, right? Like, you're the glasses you're wearing right now. Both of you are very cool. Like, I would look at you and be like, oh, I could go sit by them. (laughs) Yeah, but we're also both like total cliche, like older women with bold glasses. You know, like heavy, heavy frames. Like, don't look at everything else. Just focus on the glasses, folks. Lean into it. I mean, I don't think that's bad. <laughs> <laughs> now, the New York Times wrote of you what Keats did for the ode, Irby has done for the complaint, which I kind of loved. Are you cool with this portrayal of your work? When they decided to go with the baby animals on the cover, I was like, oh... I don't want anyone, like, that's a trick. People are going to pick up this book and, like, think that it's nice. And then they're going to open it and be like, ugh, this bitch is so (laughs) terrible. So I appreciate the times uh, letting people know what they're in for 
uh, that it's not like a cuddly. You're not gonna, well, I mean, it's a little cuddly because it's funny, but you're not gonna get like a cuddly, you know, anecdotes from Mima or whatever. It's gonna be like a bunch of bitching and moaning. It's a bunch of bitching and moaning, but you've also got a really big heart, which, oh, which thank you. makes it all work, yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, I, it's not intentional, but somehow I managed to like strike a, a tone that's like, I'm complaining, but also you have to love me. <laughs> <laughs> Please love me. Are there people me. in your house? Are, are there uh, people in the background? Yeah, my wife's working. I'm sorry if you oh, can wait, hear no. her. We Our house is not big enough for everyone to like fully get away from each other. It's fine. I just wanted to know because I wasn't sure what I was hearing, if it was the TV really loud. Oh, no. I mean, ordinarily, yes. <laughs> but she's on a work call. Now, I have to say, speaking as a pretty bougie person, game definitely recognized game as I was reading your book. Oh, man. But I like to think I'm kind of a high-low person, but uh-huh. one who mostly dwells in low. But would, mm-hmm. that be a, would that be a fair characterization of you, too? Yeah, I'm absolutely a high-low person who keeps it low 90% of the time. I mean, I grew up, like, super poor, but around, like, people who had a lot. And so, like, once I, like, got into my 20s and stuff, it was, like, I want to get, like, stuff. You know, when you, like, grow up without things, it's just, like, it doesn't even matter what it is. I just want things, and Mm -hmm. I want them to be nice because I never have had nice things. And so I don't think you outgrow that. Like, I still am, like, what is the nicest candle I can afford without being, like, ridiculous about it. You know what I mean? Like I could get a lipstick from the drugstore or I could get a Lisa Eldridge lipstick and like feel very, very fancy. And yeah, I liked I like to feel a little fancy. <laughs> yeah. It puts a little spring in your step. And I know, like I read a million years ago, I read this book where this like woman who worked in the beauty industry, you know, it was like debunking like all of like, mm-hmm. the differences between like high end stuff and low end stuff. And like, I understand that in theory, but in practice, it smells nice. <laughs> it feels good. So yeah, I definitely am uh, a very specific kind of bougie. I mean, I would eat food out of the dumpster, but <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, am I going to be smelling like Joe Malone while I do that? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that truly is like me in a nutshell, like Amazon pants and like $300 glasses. Like that's, <laughs> that's, that's me. <laughs> so are you exactly 40 now? Yes. Yep. Yeah. I just turned 40 in February. Yeah, feel the same feels- as 39. <laughs> well, it feels like it was a thing for you though. Like what did it do to you or for you? Oh, I think the thing that like made it a big deal was like I am I'm always very in tune with what I haven't done or like benchmarks I haven't hit. Like I don't feel like an adult. I don't feel like I have my shit together. I don't feel like I have like 
the sort of confidence you're promised as you uh, get older. And I think for me, for I was like, okay, at 40, I should be feeling and having and doing all of these things. And then I got here and I'm like, well, I still don't know that a furnace has filters that need to be changed. You know, I still can't tell a, a weed from a flower. Like I still feel as uh, unsure of myself as I ever have. And so I think that was the thing for me is that there was no like magic waking up and feeling like comfortable in my skin and feeling like assured and all the stuff that like, you know, culturally we're kind of taught happens when you're 40. That didn't, that hasn't happened yet. I, it, it just happened a couple months ago. So I'm going to give it time. But like you figure kids look at you now and they think yes. that you know those things. Yes. Yeah. And you're like, wait, no, I'm one of you guys. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, I'm like, I also I don't know. I still remember like exactly what I wore the first day of high school. Like, why am I still like acutely like feeling those feelings, but also expected to like know how to do my taxes? Well, we, we we talk about that a fair amount, about like the, the whole idea of never totally feeling like a grown up. And I think yeah. it's one of the really endearing things about your writing is Thank that you. it sort of makes you feel like, OK, well, she doesn't feel like she is a grown up either. And she had a number one bestseller. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I always try. I do it for myself, but in the hopes that it also helps um other people is like trying to be transparent because you know if we just like sort of look at the at the things people project about themselves or the ways they kind of like telegraph their lives to the world it's very easy to be like oh that's her house man she really like has her shit together (laughs) and then and for me it's really important to be like okay Yes, like this is what it looks like. But underneath, you know, I don't know this. I didn't do that. This is falling apart. I don't know how to fix that. I want to reach the people who are also like, yeah, girl, I didn't know what gutters do either. (laughs) (laughs) I love the line in your book where you said like, why has age made me better at so few things? Yeah, The, the easy answer is to say that like people learn a lot of things from their parents, right? And, like, my parents died when I was a teenager, so I didn't get to learn a lot of things. But I don't even think that's it. Like, I don't know how people come. <laughs> I don't, Is it because I didn't go to college? Like, what? It, where do people, like, pick up kind of the stuff they know and why don't I know it yet? <laughs> well, we're all... <laughs> We're all faking it to varying degrees. I mm-hmm. mean, I think that's something that I've been pretty keenly aware of for a while. Yeah. Um, some people just seem to have it down so much better than I do, though. Yeah. I want to talk about the faking it. I mean, that's truly like the tips I want from people in life is like, how did you make it look good? Who cares what's underneath? But like, how did you build the scaffolding yeah. so that when I saw you, I'm like, damn, she's got it together. <laughs> you know? like, I How feel did you like, make the veneer? Yeah. What coat of paint do I need to put on my shit so it looks 
as good as yours does. That's all I ever want to know. How to actually like fix myself. I'm sure there's like therapy or classes I could take. I'm not going to do any of that. I just want to <laughs> know like how to make it look good. And then, you know, alone later, I'll wrestle with like why I'm in shambles over here. I have to say that the times in my life when I've been covered with the most glossy paint, you know, and, and it really looked like I had it together, I was mm-hmm. the very least together on the inside. Yeah. No, that's real. That's real. Can you think of something that, that you feel like you do do better with age? Um, I think I am better at, like, listening and being open than I've ever been in life. I think like the more time I spend suffering on this planet, the more <laughs> I have learned to like be open to things that other people are going through. Like that I have gotten better at. Did you mean like a big ex- existential thing or do you want to know like I can cook better because yeah, that's like true too. Okay. Well, I learned how to cook pasta. <laughs> You're like, I know how to make eggs now. No, I don't know. I I still can't make a pancake to save my life, but I can I can cook some things better than I used to. No, I like the big existential stuff too because I you know I feel like I've become more forgiving. Let's say with a lot of shit and yeah. being like, okay, like wow, life is actually really hard. So I accept a lot of other things from people that they're going through hard yeah. shit too. Forgiveness is a thing I need to work on. I think like in general, I'm very like understanding of, you know, people making like decisions that I'm like, ooh, why did you do that? You know, like people doing what they got to do. Like I truly don't care what anyone does as long as it isn't harmful to me. But the things that when something happens to me or when someone does something to me, I am not as good as like seeing why they might have done that and (laughs) being forgiving of it. So that is definitely, that's cool that you, you're better at that. I am not yet. I'm I'm still like, I cling to that. I'm like, okay, yep, we'll see. (laughs) (laughs) Can we talk a little bit about making friends in adulthood? I related really heavily to that essay. Why is it, why is it so hard? Well, one, I think there's just a natural, for me, there's just a natural suspicion at this age. I mean, I just talked about being more open, right? But like now I'm about to totally undo that and say that I am a little, like we're just, just, we're closed off and a little hardened when we're older. And it's like, what do you actually want from me? So there's a little bit of that. For me, especially right now, I find myself in fewer circumstances that naturally forge friendships. Like I'm not in a workplace every day or like a classroom every day where like, you know, and a lot of my friendships have either been forged by, you know, a mutual hatred of something or (laughs) like we're dying in the same math class together (laughs) or whatever. The very easy answer is like, where? Where do you meet people that's conducive to a friendship forming? You know, I mean, maybe if I took like a 
yoga class or a you know water aerobics or something like afterward i could be like you know hey joan uh do you want to get a coffee after this but joan at water aerobics water aerobics she does water aerobics (laughs) people like me um but like you know i've never heard of water ah oh water aerobics is excellent Oh, oh, it's a lot sorry. of fun. You Did haven't lived. You haven't I, lived. Oh, Did you not got. Know. Oh, you gotta do what? I mean, it's a lot of fun. It's very easy on the joints. Um, okay, but I just don't find myself in a lot of circumstances that are like conducive to friendship, except on the internet. But then when you're meeting people on the internet, it's like, are you who you say you are? Like, I can't actually vet you, and you seem cool, and your comments are funny, or like you have good tweets or whatever but it's like the next step in like you know where you really are like bonding and getting to know each other like how do you make that leap and it takes a lot of um oh forgive me for using this word but it takes a lot of courage to put yourself out there and I am not always feeling courageous (laughs) you know like like especially when face to face with someone I'm mean, that vulnerability of being like I like you would you yeah. like to text yeah. each other all day about like things that don't matter it's like it feels tough to do that and it was so much easier when we were younger like I, I distinctly yeah. remember one of my very close friends now saying to me at a party you're really cool let's hang out yeah I just, I wish it was still that easy. And you know what? I also really miss, I miss the passion of friendships in your 20s and 30s. You know, that, I think that so many things come to replace it. Family, children. Mm -hmm. I do really miss that. The the kind of intensity of young friendships. Yeah, it's like having a crush. Yeah. Yeah, it's like the same butterfly feelings I mean I think that's one of the reasons it's so hard is like it almost feels like the same way pursuing someone romantically does like there's the fear of rejection there's the opening yourself up like that's scary because what if you know what if after like the sniffing each other out I don't pass the test. It's sort of like, well, I already have friends. I don't need to do this with another. I don't need to get this feeling from another person. It all feels like such a big risk. Now, you're really frank about the ways in which your body has betrayed you with Crohn's Mm. disease and various other things. Um, I've always really disliked when people ask me if writing about tough issues is cathartic, but can I annoy you and ask the same question? (laughs) It doesn't annoy me at all. I mean, when I was diagnosed with Crohn's or like going through the process of being diagnosed, which is a whole thing, and started like writing about it in my blog, at first it was kind of like, oh, this is gross and scary. But then it felt like a weight was being lifted because when I would meet people after they read stuff I'd written... I didn't have to explain all of that, you know? I didn't have to be like, okay, hey, I'm Sam. I'm going to be in the bathroom for 45 minutes. Don't call (laughs) the police. You know, give me some time. Also, there's this, 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 and this. And if a diaper falls out of my bag, know that it's for me, not for my, like, large child. Um, (laughs) 
that's a really fucking brave thing to write about, though, wearing oh, an adult diaper. I mean, that's... Yeah. That takes some serious balls. Thank you. I feel like it's also that thing that Brene Brown talks about, which, like, I really hate to bring up Brene Brown because it's kind of embarrassing <laughs> to do that, but, like, that shame can only flourish in the dark. You know, yeah. That it, as soon as you open the door, then you're like, I'm not ashamed of this, so... It, it just makes it feel better for everybody. Yeah. I write a lot about shame. And I, I think I always say that shame is like my guiding principle. And I'm trying to <laughs> get out of that. But I think, too, for me, especially when it was like, okay, this is Crohn's and it's permanent. It's with you for the rest of your life. It's like, well, it's so much work to hide anything really but especially something that big and I am not good at keeping a secret and it does just feel better to have it out there to just say look this is what's going on it can't be worse for you to hear about it than it is for me to deal with it Mm -hmm. so I'm just gonna talk about it and so to circle back to your question like it does feel cathartic at this point though like I've been writing about it all for so long it's just like like when putting the book together it's like okay I gotta update people on my butt and I gotta talk about this (laughs) and there's this thing and that like it's it's expected now you know if I leave something out people are like wait wait what about what are you cured what what, what's happening so now it just is like part of the natural forgive this pun flow of the things I write about. But in the beginning, it was definitely like, because I mean, when I first had it, I was like trying to like date and go out and hang out with different people. And it was just like, oh, I can't like have a life and also like carry this like burdensome secret. So I'm just going to start talking about it, especially because back then I was taking like 14 giant horse pills a day and I had to carry them with me and take them with food and you know if you're going out with people and you know they got to watch you take a bunch of giant they were like big turquoise pills Mm -hmm. I'm like well let's just talk about what I'm doing and what's happening here (laughs) let's make life easier for me and I'm gonna tell you all this gross stuff so then we can, like, get it out there and get it out of the way. Well, it takes the piss out of it if you do that. Yeah. And, I mean, my whole philosophy, I think my whole life has been, like, let me make the joke first. That way, if you make fun of me, the sting is gone, right? Like, there's, if I beat you to the punch, then, you know, it sort of takes the teeth out of the joke when you make it. I think Mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's a defense mechanism, but it's, it's a good one. It works. Yeah, totally. It's also a lot of it ends up being uh, relatable. Like I love the scene in your book where you got your period at a hotel and then you Googled like destroyed four star hotel room with menstrual blood. (laughs) And I was like, I've done that. And I haven't talked about it with anybody. So it felt like, oh, I felt so much closer to you. Yeah. I mean, honestly, as much as I love talking about my own stuff, I love hearing about other people's especially like the shameful things, you can feel so alone Mm -hmm. in it. And it's like, you know, I want to hear your hotel period story. And then I'll know that I'm not the only freak who's (laughs) 
whose unpredictable body <laughs> humiliated them in a you know in a place where they couldn't hide exactly I, everybody I we all have a body like we yeah. all have bodies and they all betray us yeah in so many ways yes every day yeah. <laughs> we're gonna take a quick break for some ads if you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Support for Everything is Fine comes from Ritual. So I love Ritual. Everyone knows I love Ritual. I talk about Ritual all the time. I particularly love its daily, their daily multivitamin, and I also really have been enjoying their melatonin. But the thing I love most about Ritual is their Hyacera. It's a once daily skin supplement that's clinically proven to reduce wrinkles and fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days. In a clinical study, Hyacera led to 3.6 times reduction in crow's feet wrinkles within 90 days as compared to a placebo. Hyacera led to 2.9 times increase in skin smoothness within 90 days as compared to a placebo. You can enhance your skincare routine from the inside out with one daily capsule essenced with soothing vanilla. I love Hyacera. It's been rigorously tested and validated. It's one of the industry-leading sustainability. It, it meets, sorry, all of the industry-leading sustainability standards. You know I'm a beauty editor now. I am all about keeping my face plump, and Hyacera absolutely has done that for me. I've been on it for months. I don't even know how long, and I can really see a difference in the texture of my skin. My skin looks more juicy, I guess, is the best way to do it. Say it, do it. Uh, okay, so you can start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash fine. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription to get today. That's ritual.com slash fine for 25% off. Welcome back to Everything is Fine. 
We both really love that your book is dedicated to Wellbutrin. <laughs> um, yeah. Am I wrong that We Are Never Meeting in Real Life, which is another one of your books of essays, was also dedicated to an antidepressant, or am I making that up? It was dedicated to Klonopin. That's right. <laughs> was your wife annoyed? Your wife was like, what about me? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean... I don't know. I should ask her. I did write like a thing to her at the end. I'm sure. I mean, the antidepressants are do more to get the words on the page. You got to give credit where it's due. <laughs> she does. Yeah. Yeah. I, she understands. It's also like important to me. I mean, I feel like there are some corners of the internet I exist in where people are talking about mental health all the time and then some where no one ever mentions it ever. And, you know, with black people especially, there's like a stigma about depression and any sort of mental illness and also medication, although I feel like it's it's getting better. But I always want to put that right up front, like... Yes, you are enjoying the work of an out and proud mentally ill person who needs these drugs to get through life. And there's no shame, you know. Well, that's huge. I mean, that's really huge. It's, yeah. it's so important. I think there's so much shame around mental illness and so yeah. much shame around depression. And I know that it is, it's even more pronounced in the black community. Yeah, so growing up it was just like oh you're sad go take a walk <laughs> it's like well <laughs> okay but also like maybe the chemicals in my brain are are not working the way they're <laughs> they're supposed to and i don't know what helps who right i just I hope that if someone sees, even if someone sees that and is like, oh, she takes that, oh, me too, and and just like has a little like recognition there, then I'm happy to put it out there. Um, so it, another thing in your book, you have a list of all the horrible things you would rather do than have a baby. <laughs> it's like a very hilarious list. I know, like let rats crawl all over your body. <laughs> And then the yes. funniest one was, of course, like, listen to a man's joke. <laughs> oh, I mean, truly. I love, I just have to say, though, I love a woman who cracks herself up. And you really crack yourself up, Samantha. It's really I good. Do. I do. I'm, I'm I, sorry I had dinner. Thank you for not thinking it's obnoxious. But I truly do write to make myself laugh first sometimes the things i think are funny are not successful and my editor will be like um what's the and i'll be like girl ju just go with it it makes me laugh but like yeah i i always try to make sure that at least i'm entertained well i guess what struck me about it was that you know women are told from an early age that you kind of have to want kids Ugh. and so i just i have kids kim doesn't have kids but like, how did you own that so deeply? So the, like, not funny answer is that I had a bad childhood and knew that I didn't, it's like, to me, it's like the worst crime to bring a kid 
into the world and then like that kid has to suffer, you know? And that's just me sort of like feeling my own feelings that like my parents were old and sick and poor and decided to have a baby. Like my mom had multiple sclerosis at the time and the OB was like, don't do it. You're 40. And this is like 1980, right? She's like, don't do it. You're 40. You have MS. And my mom's like, but I want another baby. And then, you know, died um, <laughs> without <laughs> giving me any anything. So it was like, oh, man, unless I could really, like, give a kid a good life, why do I, you know, I would never do that to another person. But... Also, and here's the funny part, for me, this is, I'm saying nothing about other people who may love their kids. It would just make my life worse. (laughs) I can vouch for that. I just do not want to struggle or suffer. I have done enough struggling and suffering. It's hard enough to, like, get myself to places and... (laughs) clothed and fed i do not want to have to do that for another person i also want to want to do what i want when i want all the time i mean outside of like whatever the job that i'm doing dictates i have to do and you just can't do that when you have a kid i should have thought of that before (laughs) i just you know people like talk about how they they just like they have the feeling that they want to be a mom i just never had it Never, mm-hmm. ever. And I don't know how much of that is, like, nature versus you know, non-nurtured, you know? Like, I don't know how much of it was, like, dictated by, like, kind of having a not great childhood or if I just don't have, like, the biological urge. But no way. <laughs> I, I love them. They're cute. But mm-mm. I would love to, like, look at yours and hold it if you need me to. My friends have children, and I love them very much. And then... But you're also a stepmom now. Yeah, but these, you know, if I wanted to leave, I could go. <laughs> and they wouldn't have to come with me. <laughs> and, like, they're funny. They're interesting. But I don't have to... Even, like, the little shit of, like, when do they get braces and vaccines and, you, you know, do they play soccer or volleyball? Oh, my God. I, all that shit is, like, so boring and terrible. I don't ever <laughs> want to have to make those kinds of decisions for another person. And then they grow up and everything fucked up about them is your fault. Well, that is they, true. No, thanks. Can you imagine? I mean, you have to imagine, Tally, but <laughs> can can you imagine like some 25-year-old asshole being like, uh, I'm fucked up, everything's bad, and it's all because of you. And because you really did do things. Like you can't yeah. help it. You really yeah. did do things that then like <laughs> imprinted on their tiny little brains and fucked them up. Yeah. When these kids were younger, now they're like tweens and teens. So, you know, they're doing their own thing. They don't give a shit about what we're doing. But like when they were like littler and like doing their homework, I'd be like, I don't know, trinomial. I don't know what the fuck, you know what I mean? Like, and then I, as their their stepmom, get to like be like, well, maybe your mom knows. Bye. And then like walk away. But if they were actually my kid, I would need to like do the homework with them and 
like tell them you know what countries are in Europe I don't know you know Like, all of the impractical reasons, you know, like, all the, like, things that, like, like, the holding and the kissing, like, I love to snuggle a baby, but, like, thinking about all the real stuff, like, how to feed them, like, what do they need? How do you make sure? I don't get all the vitamins I need. How could I figure out, like, what a kid needs? Oh, ugh. And they're so expensive. I mean. Very expensive. They're so expensive. Now, Samantha, (laughs) we cannot let you go without talking about Sassy. Oh, my God. Listen, I fangirled out. (laughs) I can't even tell you. I had a whole thing where I was like, I got to get this out of my system before I see Kim because I'm going to, like, (laughs) freak out. So please know that I had a moment of absolutely losing my ever-loving shit. (laughs) Oh, my God. Sassy was, like, my, like, lifeline. You know what I mean? Like, reading, like, YM or whatever was not – I was like, this is not – this for is not speaking to me. me. Yeah. And then Sassy came out and I was like, there it is. I mean, it means everything to me. Yeah, it was fun. The best. It was fun. And, and, and the best women read Sassy. I mean, I yeah. meet them all the time. The yeah. best, most interesting, most accomplished women. It's really a, kind of an amazing thing. Yeah. It, I mean, you guys... Oh, you like revolutionized magazines for a certain type of incredible, myself included, young woman. I'm still here, guys. Hi, oh, Tally. <laughs> oh, Tally. <laughs> no, you need to hear it. We don't tell people enough like what they mean to us. And maybe that's like the quarantine talking, but... <laughs> Get your flowers while you can smell them, Kim. (laughs) (laughs) All right. This show, this whole show has basically been our argument for getting any of Samantha's books, but especially the last one. Wow. No, thank you. Um, And where else do you want people to find you? You know, I write a Judge Mathis newsletter, which you can find at bitchesgottoeat.substack.com, but also just... Instagram. I mean, I'm all over the place. Or if you hated this, forget you ever heard of me. (laughs) That's okay, too. Stop. (laughs) No pressure. If you're like, oh, why'd they have her on? Truly give me a one star review on Amazon and push me out of your mind. They haven't made it this far. They have not made it this far. If that was what they thought. Thank Thank you so much. You guys are the best. Thank you. (laughs) DM me on Instagram your email so we can be best friends. I will. I'm going to right now. I'm just going to close out the show, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Tally's like, man, fuck (laughs) (laughs) y'all. Thanks so much to everyone for listening to Everything is Fine. We are your hosts, Tally Abacassi. And Kim France. If you like the show, be sure to rate it and write us a review on Apple Podcasts. Not one-star reviews. 
If you have suggestions for show ideas or anything else, email us at tallyandkim at gmail.com. We also have an Instagram that is EIF Podcast, and you can find Kim on her blog, girlsofacertainage.com. You can DM me too, everybody. <laughs> Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com.